Right, it's time for the podcast. We've uh, thrown the uh, the music has stopped and the musical chairs have ended with myself, fabulous Adam Richard, the uh, punctual Toby Sullivan. Who else is resident in the scurrilous halfway house of the drunkards? Available with Nellie's here. <laughs> and uh, we welcome back Thomas Jasper. Hi. Who we have decided needs an edumacation in yes, all things yes. gay. Yes, skewl him. Because he's, you know. I was too busy at my old boys Catholic school to learn anything. <laughs> So, this is the only education I'm getting. So, of course, Mother Horan is here with the poofstery. Hello, hello. Oh, Mother, what are you going to school Jasper's in this week? Tremendous. Well, and Wes, pretty much. <laughs> That's a given. Um, uh, gays and computers. Oh, wow. Gays and computers oh. are practically inseparable now, yeah. basically, um, from, you know... Uh, well, I think we invented GPS. <laughs> well, for a very specific purpose. The, the gay positioning system. <laughs> <laughs> it's often... The bond between gays and computers is extraordinary. Yeah. And I've often pondered this. And in pondering it, I realise it's because we invented them. Oh, oh my God, we did. And uh, I, when I say oh. we, I mean Alan Turing. I know. I yes. completely forgot he was a total yes. homo. Now, Alan Turing, who is a truly extraordinary man, um, uh, he died. Uh, he committed suicide in 1954. Mm. Yeah, this is one that's of those a, sad gay stories. Oh. That's a, that's kind of, I thought it was contentious, the suicide. It's well, believed we'll get to that, that it may not actually we'll be. We'll get to that. We'll get to really? that. Mm. Um, but basically, um, Alan Turing. Um, was a guy that basically uh, invented the Turing machine in the late 30s, which is basically seen as the beginning of artificial intelligence and the beginning of everything to do mm. with computers. Well, isn't it called the Turing test? If it's a test whether a computer yeah. is, is... A computer or a is, person. Yeah, and if a, if a computer can fool a person into thinking it's a person, then it's passed the Turing test. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So the... That's um, why when you talk to those those horny sluts on, <laughs> <laughs> often you go, well, you failed because I'm a gay man. It's <laughs> yeah. called the Adam Richards test. <laughs> um, but his name is in the media again because there's moves um, to get him pardoned, officially pardoned, because oh, he wow. was convicted under the Indecency Act in England, mm. the same act that um, convicted Oscar Wilde, oh. yeah. um, and that led to his suicide. suicide. And there's um, Stephen Hawking, amongst other people, are leading this big thing. (laughs) No, he's he's so doing it to his nerves. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, He's he's like, you know, the old dude from Grace Brothers (laughs) (laughs) with his sexy nurses. You're all doing very well. (laughs) It's like, are you being served? (laughs) Are you being served? the, so basically, um, Stephen Hawking is trying to get this guy pardoned, and it's going through the British Parliament at the moment. Now, there's an online petition, we'll talk about this right at the end, that you can support the petition to get Alan mm. Turing um, uh, pardoned. Anyway, um, so basically, he invented, uh, when he was at university, uh, invented practically the first computer. Mm. But then during the war, he went to a place called Bletchley Park, where that's, it was the most secret part of um, British intelligence. And it was only actually became apparent in the 80s they, yeah. when they declassified Bletchley Park. And then they made a fantastic movie with Derek Jacobi. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. They did. I think you have to have Derek Jacobi. 
in yeah. those films. About, he must always yeah. play Alan Turing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a rule. Um, and anyway, so Bletchley Park was where they they solved the what happened to the, the Enigma machine, which actually brought about the end of mm. the Second World War. And Turing was one of the group of people who led the declassification and the, the cracking of the code. Extraordinarily important guy. But also, no one could talk about Bletchley Park. Even the existence of it mm. was not apparent until the 80s. So, right, so he died in the 50s. So he was really one of the guys that actually that one of the few people that you can really point to and say you solved World War Two, mm. um, mm. but no one could say this it was absolutely phenomenal it was yeah. so important yeah. So anyway, he, after the war, he becomes, uh, he goes to Manchester University and starts working on the very first computers. It, One of his first computers, by the way, was called Madam. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Girlfriend. And he was always quite openly gay. I believe he was a pretty fucked up individual. Like yeah. he was very socially awkward and didn't mm. really understand mm. that it wasn't okay to be gay yeah. in those times. Was he possibly... Undiagnosed. He might have been Asperger's um, or something Asperger's like that. Or... Yeah, we say on the spectrum. On the spectrum. Uh, that's the, that's the official phrase. What's the? Uh, he's on the spe- autism spectrum. Autism spectrum. Autism spectrum. <laughs> autism spectrum. Yeah. I'm on the autism spectrum. I'm over an asshole burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Major mainly sounds, sounds like you're from uh, Thunderbirds or something. I'm on the spectrum. I'm on the spectrum. But he was um, quite unabashed, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was, and he would really, and this like he wasn't queenie, but he just didn't. No, he just kind of went. He I loved like, cock. I like mm. guys. My, I've got the biggest brain in the entire world. So, but I like cock. Anyway, <laughs> basically, when he was living in Manchester in the fifties. Picking Down up guys, really not a good idea. So, and he was a little indiscreet and uh, basically it led to him being arrested. Um, arrested. Now, he, during the trial, which was a very dodgy trial, um, and also, of course, because they couldn't say, you're the most really mm. important guy, the government's freaking out because at this time there was a gay spy scandal with McLean and Burgess, yeah, which was overtaking right, British society at the course. time, which were these very posh Cambridge spies that were gay and that had basically um, given a lot of secrets to the Russians. So now Turing mm. really cops it. We're and, so nasty, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> we just love a good gossip. Hey, Russia, guess yeah, what? Guess <laughs> Hello, talk. You're not going to believe what we're doing over here. You know, I've never got the idea of pillow talks and spies kind of going, oh, I've just had a shag. Really need to talk about work right now. No, it's as Jasper says. It'd be that they'd be meeting up in some gay bar in Berlin. You know, Winston Churchill wears wears flats. (laughs) Well, that was the talk that Turing was considered a security risk because they thought, oh, he's going to be like all gays. Yeah. (laughs) Just telling everything to everybody. And so then it gets ugly. So indiscreet. Then it gets ugly. So because they, at that time they he could opt, they gave him the choice of chemical castration, mm. which is they give you a synthetic female oh hormone, Lord. and basically it makes you impotent and gives you boobs, basically, Ew. and it's pretty horrible. Anyway, he was on this for a year, and he goes downhill, 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 yeah. and eventually commits suicide. Now, surrounding the suicides, a number of really interesting things. It was very contentious. He officially 
committed suicide by eating an apple laced with cyanide. What? Now, yeah. his biographer says that Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was his favourite film and that he was oh God, dramatically yeah. in a gay way <laughs> cr- recreating the scene to commit suicide. I'm going to yeah, go out like Snow laid, White. <laughs> he laid down in the glass coffin <laughs> and invited Ronnie Corbett around. <laughs> it's all this fucking bullshit. It's Jesus. all very strange and kind of no one quite knows what I'm it was. Prince Charming will kiss me and wake me up. But but in the end, so in the end, it was all very inconclusive. And this guy basically gets um, buried. I believe there's there's an urban myth too that you know that the Apple computer logo, yeah, is uh, is like an apple with a bite taken out of it. Now Stephen Fry asked Steve Jobs before he died if that was the case, and Steve Jobs said, "Oh my God, I wish it was." So anyway, so basically he guy he dies, you know, he's put in the ground and in the eighties, slowly this the declassification happens. Everyone realizes this is the most extraordinary guy. Yeah. And they start he to campaign computing. for mm. him to be, you know, he was basically, you know, given this horrible, horrible Hounded to um, his death. Hounded yeah. to his death. So there is now a campaign and you can get onto it and um basically give them money. But the best way you can give them money, and I'll close with this. And this is quite hilarious. Amongst one of the things that he, one of the few things he ever fucked up mm. was he thought he can re- create an algorithm to win at Monopoly. And he played <laughs> a friend's kid, a friend's um, son, who was a really good Monopoly player. And he said, I've got the algorithm. Rashed over to his place, said, I've got it. I can do it. Got totally trounced. So, and this is probably the only thing that uh, Alan Turing ever failed at. So, the people at Bletchley Park, which is now a big trust, mm. are, are part of the people who are trying to get money for his um, uh, the pardon. They've put out a special Monopoly set, which oh. is an Alan Turing Monopoly set. Wow. Which you can buy online from the Bletchley Park um, uh, website for £29.95. And £10 of that goes to the pardon. And it's a very rare Monopoly set, and so you can actually uh, buy it. And it's like Alan Turing themed. Yeah, it's all the streets of London. They've got all the beats of London. (laughs) 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 Yeah, the blue one's Hampstead Heath. (laughs) (laughs) Hyde Park Corner calls me back. Um, (laughs) You win second prize in a grinder contest. (laughs) Collect ten pounds. So instead, next time you use grinder, you find drugs in an overcoat pocket. Collect twenty five pounds. So next time you use Grinder, you can thank Alan Turing for this, yeah. and you really should get online and help with this pardon. Because if anyone deserved an official pardon for the British government, it's probably this guy. Absolutely, so fundamental to gay culture. If an iPad could drive me to the peel, I would never need <laughs> any human contact again. Well, we will put uh, details for that online at talkingmovie.com.au, <laughs> which is a website on the internet which is entirely made out of computers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Mother Horan. Cheers. Oh, if it wasn't for Alan Turing, there would be no Poofcast. There would be no Poofcast. Curse him. <laughs> Fuck you, Alan Turing. <laughs> Fuck you. A fallen down drunk Nelly Queen. Well, that's the part calling the kettle beige. So poofy to me. Now, Jaspers, you remember we were talking to Colin Petruni? Yes. Uh, about, yes. Uh, he briefly mentioned the Enough campaign. Yes. So I thought we should speak to an ambassador. That sounds good. The amb- I thought we would speak to the ambassador to Berlin. No. Uh, 
and ambassador for the Enough campaign. It is one of our regulars here now at the Poofcast, Dean Beck. How are you, darling? Oh, I feel like a piece of furniture, to be honest. <laughs> Piece of furniture with a very large hole in it. <laughs> like one of those, you know, anesthetic donuts for hemorrhoids. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what you are if you're a piece of furniture? You're the chair that I went through during the Talking Puffy cast party in Adelaide <laughs> when I was doing Defying Gravity. <laughs> that's, that's I'd like to see story. you Defying Gravity, frankly. Well, I <laughs> did briefly before I went through the chair. <laughs> yeah, Adam, Adam confirmed gravity. <laughs> <laughs> it does exist. Yeah, it's it's real. real thing. It's real and powerful. Now, Dean, explain to us what it means to be uh, an ambassador for the Enough campaign and what and what the aims are, pretty much. Well, look, um, stigma around HIV has outcomes for everybody, whether you're mm. straight or gay, whether you're HIV positive or HIV negative. And those outcomes include uh, uh, people not going to get tested more often because why would you want to find out if you got HIV and you then have to deal with the stigma attached to it? Um, it uh, reduces the uh, the impact of uh, prevention messages and, and sexual health messages. Because people just um, go, oh, well, look, it's not, it's not a thing I should be worried about. Well, they tune uh, out. Yeah. They tune out because they don't want to hear it. Mm. Um, uh, it... it, it stops public discussion and, and really over the last decade the conversation around HIV within the gay and lesbian community is has almost disappeared. Well and now it's just turned into a string of jokes, really. Yeah. Well yeah. Yeah, and sorry about that. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't you, Scott's not here. Uh, <laughs> It, it stops people from disclosing their status and, and having that conversation, which yeah. has got tremendous outcomes, you know, negative outcomes. Yeah. Um, and, and also, Dean, I imagine it's just fundamentally unfair. You don't pick shit through someone because they've got a cold. No. So. Yeah. Or if they've got cancer. Yeah. No. No. Oh, um, I fucking hate those stupid cancer people. <laughs> Get rid of them. Yes, they're taking up all that space. Oh, they don't take up much space at all. So as um, as the the second ambassador for the campaign, the first, of course, was uh, the amazing Jai Wallace, who um, came out as being HIV positive mm-hmm. uh, during the London Olympics period, and and as a negative uh, HIV negative person, um, my my role is to really just talk about it and inject that communication back into our community and, uh, you know, hopefully get a few negative people to be a little less discriminatory. Be a bit more positive. And yes, positive yeah. about positive people. Oh, and I guess yeah. the point you're making there too, if you, you know, as a HIV negative person, is that it's everyone's problem. It's not just a problem for the POS community. Yeah. You've got it in one. It, it, and it, it's our community and our nation's health that uh, is, is suffering because of the stigma associated with the, the uh, disease. So. And I guess now that there is uh, there's rapid testing. There's there's also that thing of like you know you kind of go oh well I don't want to go and get a test because then I don't want to have to sit Wait. around for three months waiting to find out and not have sex well, with look, anyone. Uh, rapid testing is an interesting one. I, I interviewed uh, recently the head of the uh, research program at mm. Melbourne Sexual Health around rapid testing, and I asked him how soon Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic was going to roll it out, and he said we have no intention of using it at this <gasps> point in time. Really, really. And I said, well, why is that? And they've got a few questions around uh, the efficacy of one of the aspects of the new test. Uh, I.e., does it work? But, uh, well, no, it works for, it works for um, picking up uh, antibodies. Right. But the new test is designed to also pick up antigens. So your body hasn't reacted to it, it but it has it. 
Right. In other words, right. it's reducing that window. Um, so you've got the HIV virus, but your body hasn't yet produced antibodies. And right. in that window, it's a little bit questionable as to its validity. So they're going to be still using the old blood test, but they've announced that they will be phoning through the results. Oh, wow. They'll so you won't have you. to go back. Yeah, you won't have to go back and have the uncomfortable wait. Yeah, oh. yeah. So, so That's not a phone know, call you want to take, though. Really. <laughs> well, look, uh, let's put it another way. If it was a result that uh, perhaps you needed to get further testing done, yes. they would ask you to come in and have that further test. Right. Yeah, I, I got tested... Uh, about three weeks ago, and and, uh, and and they said, oh, we can't tell you what the HIV results are over the phone. You have to come in and get them, but there's no hurry. <laughs> <laughs> so so they're, they're quite good at that. They're obviously preparing for that contingency. Yes, yes. And, and, and so I think uh, the, the, the phoning through the results is a new development in 2013. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Dean, in terms of discrimination, there's obviously things like... You know, I got sacked because I'm HIV positive or whatever. But, uh, but like, yeah. w- what else are we talking about? It's far more insidious than that. Yes. And it's, it's people online um, being revolting towards people who are being honest about their yeah. status. Um, it's people, of course... Why would I want to hook up with you? You're a bag of AIDS. Like yeah, that kind all of that. horrible talk. Um, and and uh, are you clean, which has got to me to be the most repulsive. <laughs> are you clean? Yeah. Mm. See, uh, you know, when I'm... somebody asked me that, when somebody asked me that the first time, I thought, had, had I douched? Of course I douched. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a bit of Lego stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, look. I I've got to say I've had sex with people who are HIV positive, and uh, they've been immaculately clean, and I've been the dirty pig. <laughs> they've gone. Oh, can you go and wash that? That's a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I probably should clean that. It's been a, so been a day. To or ask two. that question is is it's far less offensive to say to someone, "Are you positive or negative?" than it is yeah. to say, "Are you clean." Because yeah. it's just stupid. And, and the open-ended answer to that question is ridiculous. You can end up with anything. So, yeah. um, Are you clean just means, you know, well, look, I'm tidy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's not hospital grade. It's not, it's not dirty. It's just messy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't and douched it, with Domestos, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> and, of course, the, the other thing that I'd really like to get across is that you are far more likely to contract HIV by having unprotected sex with someone who doesn't know their status yeah. than you are by having protected sex with an HIV-positive person. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, so my experience has been any, anyone I've had sex with who's been HIV-positive, it's been, you know, they've, they've gone to outrageous lengths to make sure it's, it's incredibly safe. Well, you would. Yeah. And I would suggest that my, my experience has been exactly the same. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the, the last thing they want to do is not knowingly pass it on. Yeah. That's not something you want to be responsible for. So no, what, are, no. what are the activities of the Enough campaign? What are you, what are you doing? You're holding a fate? Um, <laughs> pony rides? <laughs> Have you got little posters in bus shelters with, like, Ricky Lee with a big thumbs up going, HIV's okay by me? <laughs> What's... Dean attacked me with, a, with his prick the other day and stuck Ooh. it right on me. He, we have a number a of bad. little badges going around <laughs> with various slogans on them. We'll be very visible throughout Midsummer and, of course, Pride March. I'm absolutely so excited to announce with you today that uh, the Melbourne Chargers are the next Ooh. ambassadors. Ooh, they are. The entire team. The whole so, team. Oh, God. Yes. 
But oh, wait for it. It's to... more than that. It's more than that. Their parent team, which is a 100-year-old a, a uh, traditional rugby union team, mm. the uh, Melbourne Unicorns, have turned around and said... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no. no. You're making that up. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, my God. So, and the Unicorns are the straight team? <laughs> yes, they are. And Holy they've shit. Said, they've said, how can we help? We're on board as well. So that's oh, just that's really wow. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's very, very good. Yeah. So, so um, all, all power to uh, the uh, Chargers and the Unicorns. And, of course, you can check out all of the details about Enough by going to enough.org.au. Check out the 10 by 10 manifesto, which outlines very clearly why, the, why HIV stigma is um, so important to eradicate. And uh, you can sign the pledge. Yeah, well, I mean, I just I worry about people finding out for the first time that they're HIV positive and just going, oh, my God. Now all the people who I've heard say hideous things about people that we know are HIV positive, that's all going to become directed at me. Well, you know, someone came up to me uh, knowing that I was an ambassador for the campaign and mm. said, uh, said recently, um, I'm HIV positive and I knew I would become HIV positive. I said, what, what do you mean? They said, the way I used to treat HIV positive people... I knew would come back to haunt me. Oh, wow. Oh, he contracted it from fucking karma without a condom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to so, be careful when you're having sex with karma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> She's a bitch. <laughs> she show is. <laughs> she <show> is. <laughs> Talk about will you make me coffee in the morning. <laughs> hey, who's, who's HIV positive? Who are the, who are the role models? You talked about uh, Jai Wallace. Who else? Here, here in Australia, look, sadly, we have very, very few role, role models I know, in, in this space. I'm distressed I even asking that question. I should know. but Look, internationally, there's people like uh, Greg Luganis. Oh, yeah. Um, who, uh, of course, is the Olympic diver. Um, but there are so few role models that uh, are publicly out about their HIV status. And that's really sad because, mm. um, you know, HIV is manageable, it is treatable, mm. and, and long life is very sustainable in this day and age. But um, I would like to see more people uh, like Jai um, be out and proud in that space and to be encouraging uh, the HIV-positive community to take responsibility for their health and well-being. And, and, uh, you, know, and you, know, you know, it's interesting too, the two people that you mentioned, Jai Wallace and Greg Luganis, are really healthy, oh, world-class yeah. athletes. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. They're healthier than me. Yeah. <laughs> Way healthier than I. Or, or <laughs> healthier than I have ever been or will ever be again. They're healthier than anyone I fucking know. So shut up with your HIV illness stuff. As far as I can see, if you get HIV, you get an Olympic gold medal <laughs> and a breakfast cereal endorsement. Like, I'm not quite sure that's the message we're trying to get across. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna, I've, I've got Kieran Perkins on speed dial. I was going <laughs> to... Let's not question his sexuality. <laughs> no, he's, he was married to a lovely woman for some time. Let's inform so another one of So is Hugh Jackman. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, careful. <laughs> well, we Don't say Travolta. <laughs> um, <laughs> massage anyone? <laughs> I'm, I'm carrying a lot of tension in my anus. <laughs> Really? Because you're usually causing quite a lot. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. I know. I know. <laughs> it's terrible. Thank you so much, Dean Beck.
Enough.org.au was where it's at. My pleasure and good luck to you all. We will right. uh, pop a link on the talkingpoofy.com.au page as well. Bless you. Oh, you're you. a gorgeous man. Thank you. Big air kisses. Mwah. 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 Bye. Bye. on review. With Lorna and Lorna. Hello. Hello. Is, is, is it this, working? Is that on you? Yeah. Oh, oh, gosh, yes. Oh, oh, it's gosh. very modern, isn't it? It's a, isn't it? I haven't done this before. Gosh, yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, I know. Just, gosh, you know, talking into this big black microphone reminds me of what we watched the other night. <laughs> I think what Lorna is referring to, of course, is our yes. first review, uh, Gay Frat House 4. Gay Frat House for, 4. And I didn't think I'd understand it because I hadn't seen the first three. <laughs> I was so, worried about that too. Yes. I was worried about yes. that as, as well. But, you know, we got by, didn't we? We Cause managed. Because you, you made those lovely pikelets. Yes, they were good, weren't I've they? Never had curried pikelets before. <laughs> well, I just no, they were good. It's nice because it just uh, pikelets can be they can be a bit bland, can't mm, they? Yes, mm. but I, I thought that. So I just put a bit of spice, spice, spice and some, spice some Worcester in, there, in the bowl. Worcester in and there, right? Just put in a it was, bag. It was good. It was good uh, because often they can leave me a bit gassy pikelets as oh, well. Oh mm. yes, I, I have that the problem too. But I found the cream that. cheese that you put on them just you know suppress that mm, a little mm, bit. Because that blocks me up, that cream cheese. <laughs> really does. Yes, it's a little yes. trick I learned in the war. Oh, is mm, it? Yes. Yeah, you yeah. learned a lot in the war, didn't you? More than I can have names for. Oh, really? Mm, yes. Mm. It's probably good that you're forgetting things, mm. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> anyway, Gate for House 4 concludes yes. with a flip-flop highlight between Damien and Nicholas Cruz. It's a nice surprise. It, Nicholas... it took me by surprise. Yes. yes. Nicholas jacks off onto his belly and Damien stands above and sprays on his chest. Yes. Anyway, moving on. Here are the nominees, let me see, for the motion picture drama. What? I don't open this? I just read it from up there. I know it is. Talk poofy to me. Hey, this is the fabulous Adam Richard. If you are having trouble following any of the ongoing storylines in the Poofcast, you can always subscribe to our old ancient episodes. They're dusty. Uh, for instance, episode nine, which has Wes's confession about the lettuce and Will Anderson talking about who would be top or bottom out of uh, Todd and Russell on the grill transfer. I know, it's weird. Uh, you can subscribe at the uh, talkingpoofy.com.au website. Uh, all the details are up on the top right-hand corner. Uh, I think it costs like $7 a month for access to the archive for six months. So you can download all of them in that time. And um, it's also hand-cranked. So when you pay, don't expect to get access all of a sudden. So I've got to go and tick some boxes myself. Yeah, sorry about that.
<laughs> I'm not going to record that because if Gwen catches on, you won't want to do it ever again. <laughs> From Big City, chick. <laughs> Maybe she could advertise on the poof car. <laughs> Hello, it's Gwen from Big City Chick. Hello, the Gwen. stylish store for the larger lady. Oh, please, Wes is right here. <laughs> so rude. Do you need a headphone, just sparrows? I can listen. No, you can talk. Oh, what are you talking about? We're doing Poofstery. Oh, I a love Poofstery. Poof My favourite. On My special this week, two-man trail masters. <laughs> <laughs> talk poofy to me.